Welcome to the Greystone Church Podcast. We are grateful that you're here. We pray that you will be blessed by this message and that God will impact your hearts. Let's listen. Good morning. How's everybody doing? Awesome. Awesome. Hey, my name is Josh Frazier. I'm the Loganville campus pastor, and I'm so glad you guys are here. I know I make a joke, but I'm the fellow resident on Gen, uh, Ginger on, on staff here. And so I'm glad you guys are here. I want to say a quick welcome to all of those here at the Loganville campus, our Monroe campus, our Oconee campus, and uh, even those who are watching online. I know a lot of people are on vacation, and so I'm glad you guys are joining us today or maybe later on this week. Uh, Guys, I hope your summer's been good. Let me kind of give you a little update about our family, uh, the Frazier family. We have been nonstop at the pool. Uh, here's a little picture of my, of my family. If you look a little close, uh, behind some of my kids' ears are, are forming gills. Uh, we have been, uh, like in the sun, we've been enjoying the time. They, my girls have very, uh, they love the sun like their mom. I, I have a love-hate relationship with the sun, but uh, man, it's been good. The cool thing about not having a pool is if you know somebody with a pool, it's, per, it's perfect, right? So we've been to Pastor Jay and Jennifer's house, and uh, we've been to several other different po- pools, our neighbors, and they're obviously our neighborhood pools. So I hope for you guys, uh, you guys have made the most of your uh, summer vacationing, all the different things. And then right around the corner, obviously, school's getting ready to start. We moved to Grayson last year, and so we're getting, getting ready to go to Grayson Elementary and uh, Far Elementary, which is right down the road. So excited, excited. Obviously, small groups are starting as well. So um, what I want to do is we're, we're going to be speaking about this book called Habakkuk, all right? Habakkuk. And some of us in the room have probably never read the book or maybe parts of it, or maybe you guys are more Bible scholars than me, wherever you, wherever you fall, uh, what I'd like to do for, for us to, before we dive in is pray to kind of get our minds zoned and our hearts zoned in to hear God's word today. Let me pray for us. Lord, we thank you already for the message today. I pray that you would speak to us like only you can. God, your word is perfect. Your word is without, without error. Uh, your word is applicable to us. And even the book of Habakkuk written so long ago can be applied to us today. Lord, allow us to know that at the end of the day, we can praise you. We can love you because you were the one that first loved us. And so thank you. God, I pray today as we read it, we would apply something brand new today that as we walk out of this place, we might be different in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So a lot of information. I'm going to speak kind of slow, kind of fast. You guys, you know, hang on. If you have your talk notes as you walked in, uh, there's some bottom parts there, talk notes. You guys can, um, you know, write down whatever you need to share there. The, over the past couple of weeks, we've been in um, the minor prophets. We've been studying minor prophets. And um, uh, Habakkuk is a minor prophet. Now, when I say minor prophet, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's of less value. It's of less important. It just means that it's a shorter book. There's 12 of them. And uh, Habakkuk is the eighth of the 12 minor prophets. And honestly, when, when Jonathan asked me or when, ta- when they planned about doing some of the minor prophets, I, I wanted to do Habakkuk because I wanted to challenge myself. I've never, I've never preached on Habakkuk. And so I was like, all right, here we go. Let's, let's do this. So, um, and I'm so glad I did because Habakkuk is just chopped full of good, rich uh, things for us to grow in. Habakkuk is uh, a minor prophet set different than the other minor prophets, because Habakkuk, uh, when we read it, it is a dialogue between him, a prophet, and God. 
A lot of the other minor prophets are speaking to the nation or speaking to a, a certain a sect of people, uh, like preaching or whatever, you know, condemning or whatever like that, sharing what God's put on their heart. But Habakkuk, we kind of get under the, under the radar a little bit of this prophet who really is a human. I mean, he really is, he really does have anguish and sorrow and pain and complaints and all the different things that you and I both have. But here he is, this prophet. I think oftentimes we think, well, a prophet is oh, grandiose. They have it all together. They're perfect. Well, we don't see that in these three chapters of Habakkuk. Uh, it was written around 610 BC to 605 BC, sometime before the Babylonian takeover. And so uh, that's kind of when it's uh, was written, but it's crazy how back then, it was written back then for a context for Israel, but yet it applies even to us who are living in the United States of America. Uh, God's word is so good like that. And I hope today might be an encouragement to, to you. Uh, I'll tell you in two words what we know of Habakkuk, his personal life. In two words, absolutely nothing. We don't know where he was born. We don't know where he came from. All we know is that he's a prophet of God, sent to, from Judah, to Judah. And then also um, he was a prophet to Judah. Anyways, there we go. So uh, let me kind of give you some history. Uh, Israel at that time had split and you have the Northern kingdom, which is Israel and the Southern kingdom, which is Judah. Habakkuk's setting is in Judah, the Southern kingdom. And so Habakkuk starts off, let, let's kind of give you a little highlights of each chapter uh, and then we'll continue here. So chapter one, Habakkuk is complaining to God. How many of you guys have ever complained? Don't raise your hands. All of us have complained, right? All of us. So Habakkuk is complaining to God. He's sharing his woes. Um, and so Habakkuk questions the goodness of God because he sees within his own nation, within the chosen people, God's people, Judah, all of this injustice, evil, and tragedy is happening. And so he's, he's asking God, he's longing for God to intervene. And so Habakkuk chapter one, verse two and three, it'll be up on the screen. How long, Lord, must I call for help, but you do not listen? Or cry out to you violence, but you do not save? Why do you make me look at injustice? Why do you tolerate wrongdoing? Destruction and violence are before me. There is strife and conflict abounds. And so he's, he's asking how long violence and evil will continue to be unchecked or unpunished. God, God should be the God of this nation, but yet he's seeing these God's people doing things in an evil way. The Lord answers. He does a great job of answering. Maybe not necessarily the way that we think he should answer, but this is how he answers. In chapter one, verse five through 11, he says a day of reckoning is coming. Another word of reckoning is God's, God's going to intervene. He's going to make some adjustments. In verse six, this is how he's going to do it. He's gonna bring the Chaldeans. Some of, some of your versions say Chaldeans. Some other versions say the Babylonians and the same nation. He's gonna bring this, bring this nation who is a God-hating pagan nation to come in and punish God's people. He's gonna do, he's gonna, he's gonna bring these people and he's going to use them as a tool to wake up and shake up the things that are happening in the land of Judah. Obviously Habakkuk is, you can probably think he's probably distressed. <laughs> he's, not, he's asking God for help, not for a hostile takeover <laughs> from his land. 
And so he's still complaining, still asking God, like, that's not what I meant, right? I'm not, I'm not asking for that. I'm not asking for you to do it that way, God. Then he continues in verse 12 with a second complaint. This is how he starts, verse 12. Lord, are you not from everlasting? My God, my Holy One, you will never die. You, Lord, have appointed them to execute judgment. You, my rock, have ordained them to punish so he's still in anguish. He's still like, God, what? That's, not, that's not what I meant. I'm not, I'm not asking you to bring this pagan nation to come in and, 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 dis- and not destroy, but punish your people. And honestly, continuing in those verses, he continues to say something to the point of, and we're really good at doing this as well. Well, we're not as bad as them. We're, we're God's people. Yeah, we're pretty bad. I'm letting you know about it, but we're not as bad as the Babylonians. Like they're terrible, right? Some of us, a lot of us, we do that sometimes. We're like, we're not perfect, but we're not them, right? So this is what's happening to Habakkuk. And then you continue in chapter two, verses two through four. This is a pretty well-known verse. It's going to be mentioned in the New Testament. Let me read this to you. Then the Lord replied, write down the revelation. So this is what's happening. I'm bringing the Babylonians. This is what's happening. Write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald, or so that whoever reads it, may run with it. For the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of the end and will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and will not delay. See, the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright. The Babylonian nation is not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faith. God was saying to a, to a people, to a nation, a God-fearing nation, that no matter what enemy comes, no matter what circumstance may bring, that you and I, Judah and us, United States, those of us who have put our faith in Christ, we must live by faith. That's what sets us apart from the world. We should be a people that live by faith and it reproduces in us righteousness. Paul takes this and he runs with it even, even a step further. And he's talking about salvation in the New Testament in two verses. If you guys want to write these two verses down on your paper, or maybe you guys want to study this later on, but it's Galatians chapter three, verse 11. Clearly, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. The righteous will live by faith. He's saying that, Paul's saying that you don't, you don't just gain God's approval by living the law, but through righteousness. And that righteousness comes through Jesus. Romans chapter one, verses 16 through 17. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, Paul says, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. First to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. A righteousness that is by faith, from first to last, from beginning to end, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. God continues to answer, if you continue through chapter two, continues to answer Habakkuk's complaint, and I'm just gonna paraphrase it for us. He, he says, he says that he complains to God by, how are these evil people getting ahead? How are these wicked people continuing to advance and be triumph, triumphal in their, triumphant in their life? How are they getting ahead? How are they becoming successful? And so God uh, answers this complaint saying that the wicked looks like they're, they're living in triumph. They're, looking, they're living in victory, but ultimately God says that he's the judge. 
Uh, it may not come as quickly as you, as, as you and I would hope, but there is going to be a day of reckoning. God is the judge. He was seeing people who were taking advantage of evil circumstances or taking advantage of people and people were getting ahead, God's people. So I'm glad God answered Habakkuk's complaint there. Continuing in chapter three of Habakkuk, Habakkuk th chapter three is actually a prayer. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a song, if you will, a praise. Because after what's already happened, Habakkuk has, has been in anguish to God. He's asking God for help. And then God's thrown him a, a curveball and said, hey, I'm using this pagan nation to, to punish you guys and all these different things. But then at the very end, Habakkuk is saying, no matter what happens, I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna give you honor, God. I'm gonna love you. I'm gonna praise you. I'm gonna live my life for you because you are God, which is astonishing to me, right? It's amazing to me. It should be the other way around. Habakkuk should have been angrier, right? But no, no matter what the circumstance, there was, it was revealed to him that he was going to praise God. We can live a life of triumph, a, live, a life of purpose. And so in chapter three, Habakkuk is giving some nuggets of encouragement to this nation. I mean, think about it. Put yourself in this nation, in, in, this, in this, these people's thought process. I mean, I, I know we can't really because we don't have a Babylonian empire coming to try to take us over, right? But I mean, this nation's getting ready to be told, hey, people, like Babylonian's gonna come over and take our dwellings and destroy and take over and do what they need to do. And, but Habakkuk says in verse 16 of chapter three, in difficulties, wait patiently. Can't that be applied to us? In difficulties, wait patiently. Verse 17, even when things are tough, we don't need to despair. Grace Stone, I'm telling you this morning, even when things are tough, we don't need to despair. Verse 18, keep rejoicing in the Lord and find joy. There's joy in the Lord. The last part of verse 18, and look to him for our salvation. That salvation comes only from the Lord. Ultimately, the purpose of the book was to show that God is in control of the world, even when evil seems to be winning. God is sovereign. He's omnipotent, which is a big word that means he's all powerful. He is on the throne. And no matter what comes, no matter what nations comes and goes, no matter what thing happens or comes, and we see the things in the news and we're like, oh, what's happening? And then and things are okay. And then, oh, what's happening? It doesn't matter. God is God. And so this is a good reminder for Habakkuk that, and for us today, that no matter what, God is sovereign. In fact, the last verse of the book, chapter three, verses 19, it'll be up on the screen. This is how Habakkuk ends this book. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. Let me explain that a little bit, tread on the heights. It's a kind of a picture, an illustration if you will. And what it does is it shows our ability and the power of God to be able to tread above all the hindrances of this world, all the things that are a part of this world, all the good, the bad, the ugly, to be able to tread on the heights above these things that ought to take us down, that ought to destroy our joy, destroy our hope, which is what the world would want. But in Christ, in Jesus, Habakkuk, I know he didn't have Jesus there, but, but Habakkuk, the sovereign Lord, is his strength. He knows where his source is coming from. And he's saying, no matter what, I'm gonna tread on the heights because of God's power and God's love for me. And so I want us to uh, keep Habakkuk in mind. I have some application for us 
today. And um, they're re- <laughs> I have a South Carolina education, so they're not like revelatory, right? They're not like, oh, oh you know, so <laughs> I don't want you to be like over amazed here. So I'm definitely going to, you know, keep the expectations down. But I hope that they might be an encouragement to us today. I don't know what all of you are going through or what you've come out of or what you have in the future. But I, these are the, some of the takeaways that I took away from Habakkuk, and I hope they might be an encouragement to you. Number one is God is a big God. God's a big God. I wrote all these in all caps because they're so true. What a good characteristic of who God is. He is a big God, which means that you and I can go to him and complain. You and I can go to him and ask why. You and I, you and I can go to him and just be like, oh, this again, come on. Like, I can't believe this is happening, right? Because he's, oh, he's good, he's God. There's no amount of complaining that I, can, that I can share with him that can kick him off the throne. He's, gonna, he's unshakable. So I can go to him as a follower of Christ and complain and say, oh, what's happening, God? What are you doing? How are you moving? Now, we can't stay there, right? We need to move how Habakkuk moves from questioning to praise, but it's okay. God's a big God. We know that God is wise. He's the author and perfecter of our salvation. He is sovereign. There's real hope for God's people to know that God is a big God. For those of us who have kids in the room, right? When my kid, when our kids come to us to complain, that never happens in my home. But when our kids come to us to complain, right? That doesn't change my relationship or my identity as their dad. It, it, doesn't, like, it doesn't change anything. It actually helps reinforce because I can take that moment to like really invest in them and love on them. Same thing with God. God's a father. He loves hearing from his children. He ultimately loves hearing praise from his children, but we can go to him in the valleys. Second one is this, God is a good God. God's a good God. I told you they weren't revelatory, I promise. That God is a good God, right? God is, God is fundamentally to his core good. No matter what your circumstance, no matter what's happening, no matter what's gonna happen, he's full time, or he, he, is, he is good. I, I went ahead of myself. Um, no matter if we're fighting cancer, no matter if we, we're still waiting on that prodigal son or daughter to come home. Maybe we've been praying for this friend or neighbor, this family member to come to Christ and we've been waiting and waiting and waiting. God is good and his, his timing is perfect, which leads me to the second one. God is a full-time God. Uh, I grew up, I didn't actually grow up, but I started going to church when I was a freshman in high school at a Baptist church. And there was this song called God's an on-time God. And so I felt very Baptist-y, but so I changed it. So God is a full-time He's on time as well. God is a full-time God. There's no part-time with him. There's no like, you know what? I'll get to that email later on, that, later on this afternoon. No, no, no. I, I, he is all the time full-time with us, with all things. In fact, we find this in the New Testament. Jesus says this in John chapter five, verse 17. My father is always at work to this very day. And I too am working. Jesus is saying that, He's working on our behalf. He's praying for us. He's working and moving, even when we can't see it. We just gotta trust that. Another way God moves is through you and me, through his followers, through Christ followers. He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit. He equips his followers to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Philippians chapter two, verse 13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. God wants to use you today. God wants to use me today. 
He does that through the power of the Holy Spirit, equipping this church to change the community, to change the world. The last thing is this, God is a trustworthy God. God's a trustworthy God. We can ask and know the answer to this question. Here's the question. Can we trust the work of God in the face of uncertain times when we don't understand his plan? Even when we don't understand his plan? The answer is yes, he's trustworthy. He always has been, he always will be. We can live a life of purpose in all of our circumstances and all of our pain when we continue to know God and walk with him. Habakkuk knew this. So I hope that as we apply God's word, this book to us, I know it's just a very short verse, a very short couple of chapters, but man, it's so good, so refreshing to know that God's man, this prophet was, was in anguish before God. God ultimately didn't punish Judah, the land of Judah, God's people just to be punished, right? There was a reason he wanted to shake them and move them to fall more in love with him. And so sometimes in our life, there's gonna be sorrow. There's gonna be a lot of unknowns, but God does it because he loves us ultimately. God loves you and I. And he proved it by sending Jesus. He died on the cross, he rose again, and he wants a relationship with you. And so guys, I'm so excited for the opportunity to continue to, to make moves to grow in my relationship with Christ. And I hope that we do that together. So we love you. We love you, God. Let me pray. God, thank you so much for this book. Thank you for the opportunity to, to be able to share this, this, this book with you, with, with the church. God, help us to be a, a, a church that applies your word, God. I don't know what the next steps are for the people that are in this room. There's probably a few people in the room who might not have a relationship with you, God. Um, I pray that they might commit their life to you, that they might follow you, that they may, they may walk with you, God. Um, the best decision that ever happened to me, I was 11 years old and I came to understand that I needed to put my trust in you, not just to believe in you, put my trust in you. And so I pray that someone in the room who has not done that, that they would do that. Others, others in the room have made that decision, but we just, we've taken steps of, of away from you. We've not trusted you and surrendered to you certain things. God, help us to return back to our first love. That is Jesus. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for reminding us, God, that you are a big God. We can go to you at any time with anything. You're a trustworthy God. You're a full-time God. You're a good God. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening. For more of these messages or info on Greystone Church, feel free to visit our website, graystonechurch.com. We pray that you will have an amazing day.